Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Tuesday morning. It is so good to be with you yet again. Sorry I could be with you yesterday on Sports Talk Mississippi. Sometimes things get in the way of that. But I am back with you this morning and be back later on this afternoon as well on the show. Uh, we are brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are always taking care of us, so you should take care of them. Well, next time you're in town, make sure to stop by for that morning pick-me-up or that afternoon treat. Whatever you want to do, do that. And if you just want to give them some money but don't want the coffee, leave the money, you know, brew it forward for me, and I will be glad to, to you use your rack money. You rack it up. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you to Mr. I guess it could be Miseries. It was B. Ellis. That's all it said. Mr. or Miseries B. Ellis. Mm-hmm. I would just like to thank you. The Blueberry Cobbler on Monday was quite delicious, and right. it did get me through my afternoon. Thank you. And also, met a loyal listener there. Didn't get your name, but uh talked to you for just a minute, and I felt like a goon because I never did ask your name. That's the first and, question. Uh, yeah, What's your name? Was, well, I, I was talking to a guy from my church there, too, so I was kind of like, busy. both both things going, and I was writing. So anyway, my apologies. It was good to talk to you. Next time you're in there, stop again. We will conversate further. I will get your name. Good to see you. Sounds good. want to thank you guys for listening wherever you're listening at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys keeping us back still in the podcast rankings now six straight days. We are certainly a, a fan of being up there with that. And we are also a fan of our listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. we got a good show lined up. Joel and I will do our SEC picks a little later in the show. We've got some recruiting news from the basketball front to get to in just a minute, but we will start with Joe Moorhead and his press conference. And what's going to be the theme for me this week is this, Joel. Last year... Nobody expected Mississippi State to beat Auburn. Coming off the Kentucky and Florida games, Auburn was ranked in the top 10. They were undefeated. Everybody, well, they had the one loss. They lost to LSU. But everybody thought Auburn's going to run right through Mississippi State, and it didn't happen. State ran the ball for nearly 400 yards right at that Auburn defense and uh, put, put together a, a win. Now, that win happened because State's defense dominated. I don't know that that can happen again. So I'm interested to see, though, because once again, we're right in the same spot. Nobody thinks State can beat Auburn, I don't think. So what does State have to do to make it happen again? I sort of asked Moorhead about that a little bit uh, in the press conference. I said, look, you were really successful a season ago uh, when it came to running the ball against Auburn. Do you think you can do it again? And he, he gave me a really roundabout. He didn't really answer my question, to be totally honest with you. But you know that's that's the theme for me this week is can they do it again? So before we get into what Moorhead had to say, I'm just going to ask you that question straight up, and then we'll figure it out as we go. Can they do it again? I mean, my gut instinct at first is to say no, right? But which is I totally fair. I don't know that I thought they could last year, and mm-hmm. they did. And, and this year, especially, I mean, if that's the game plan, if your game plan is to run it right at them, Tommy, take another week, buddy. Yeah, don't you think so? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a uh, second. I, yeah, we'll we'll delve into that more. But if you want the more legit running threat at quarterback, you got to go with Garrett. Right. And uh, but 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 can it work? I mean, like I said, gut instinct is no. But gut instinct probably going into the game last year was probably no. Yeah. And you saw what State did. Uh, I, I'm intrigued to see. I, I think that for State at Auburn this weekend. I'm kind of stealing from your cohorts on the show today. I listened to them for a few minutes today, and I can't remember which one it was, but I, I agree with them in that State's just got a free shot this weekend. Yeah. I mean, sort of like somebody jumped off sides, you got a free play. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, if they lose, everybody kind of expects it. And if they win, then all of a sudden your season resets. Well, yeah, you pick you pick the win back up. Yeah. And now you're back on track for eight and four or better. If you beat Auburn, you got to think you can go to A&M and win. So that's just the way to look at that. Let's talk about what Moorhead had to say. Let's talk about Tommy Stevens. Something different cropped up in the in, in the week. We, the term was a different mechanism. Why this man just can't tell us what's wrong with the boy's arm, I don't know, but whatever. But long story well, short, what that, you just said made a lot of sense because if you have a free shot, it doesn't really matter who plays a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could give him another two full weeks of rehab because you have the bye before you go to Tennessee, which is a game that sort of qualifies as must win. Yep. Wouldn't be the, the dumbest idea ever to, to not see Tommy Stevens this week. I don't think it would be a dumb idea at all, if, and particularly as pertains to if he's not 100%. If there's any doubt whatsoever about his health, I'm all for giving him another week. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm in, we, we may never know for sure, but I am kind of like you. It's just funny that, that the word mechanism was used to describe there as a second injury to Tommy Stevens, and it's like... And you said shoulder. I, I guess it's – is it another shoulder? Who knows? Different mechanism. All we know is – I don't even know if he gave us upper or lower bodies. Or just goes whenever a big I toe. Word, I whenever I heard the word mechanism. Clear the mechanism. That's exactly what I was like. We were talking about for love of the game. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw something on my Twitter. It's a us. different Chris Lamonis. What are the odds there's a second Chris Lamonis involved in baseball? <laughs> It's like finding there's another Brian Hayden that's a podcaster. What are the odds of that? Well, I'm glad you didn't tell me that, and then I run, and run like in te- there. Text Hayden looks like something. we don't look like idiots. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, whoever I forget who said whoever you were. Thank you're you. You're a lifesaver. Um, go ahead though. But but yeah, I don't. You've heard me say on this show, and I will continue to say it's Joe Moore's program. He's free to tell us as much info or as little info as he wants. But it, it is kind of just humorous that uh, there, there's a, a second mechanism. That, that was wrong with Tommy Stevens. But if that mechanism is not healed, where I, where I was getting at is, I think that you do run Garrett Schrader out there. And if he loses the game, then you know what? He got experience on the road in the SEC and uh, against one of the league's premier opponents. Garrett doesn't strike me as a guy that the lights will ever be too bright for him anyway. But if that is a possibility for him. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way this week. Why not? And like you said, if State's game plan is to try and run at Auburn again, he is the better option to run. So I just think there's a lot of... It makes a lot of sense to try and and run him out there. Now that said, I think Moorhead did clear up today. I think you and I may have mentioned QB controversy and these are things that are true yesterday. And Moorhead did clear up that if Tommy Stevens is healthy, he will start. And if he's not healthy, Garrett Trader will start. So there is no quarterback controversy here. Um, if Tommy is 100% healthy, I think Joe Moorhead's going to run Tommy Stevens out there. Yeah. Uh, he is your QB1 still. And, you know, barring further injury or just complete falling off a cliff, I, I think he's going to be your QB1 for the remainder of the season. But, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, if he's not healthy at all, or if, 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 if you're anywhere close to iffy on it, like I said, free shot. Run Garrett out there and see what happens. I agree. I mean, I don't I, make three million dollars to make that call though. So. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but but I'm in agreement with you. I would definitely Garrett Schrader starting with this game for Brian Haydad. If Brian Haydad was was that guy, is that coach? Garrett Schrader is going out there because I think you need to have that extra dimension that Schrader brings you anyway. 
I think any remember last year, Fitzgerald was for almost 200 yards in this game. And that was a huge deal for Mississippi State. Need that ha- to happen again, I think, to have a chance to beat Auburn uh, this Saturday. We're, I'm really fixing to put the card before the horse here. But if I'm right, and let's say Tommy is still a little banged up and they run Garrett out there at Auburn, and State just beats the brakes off the Tigers, mm-hmm. then you got a controversy. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know what you do from there. Maybe you just ride Garrett at that point because you, you're not going to see a rotating somebody take a series or two, somebody else take a series. That's not you're not going to see that with Joe Moorhead. That would be very un Moorhead like for for that to happen. So to me, if if you get Garrett out there on the plains and he just kicks their butt, he's. I saw a really funny. I think it was on Gene's page. I don't have the same ill feelings towards Gene's page I had like a decade ago. <laughs> But sometimes people in there are just like, God, you're dumb. This person was like, I would like for Tommy Stevens to maybe redshirt this year, come back next year, and then we could redshirt Schrader. I'm like, no! It's like the Facebook commercial. Like, That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Schrader is the guy going forward. It's God. But yeah, Stevens, if, if Schrader comes out and, and has a dominant game, it becomes almost impossible to go back to Stevens. I mean, it just, it just, it just, it's just that way. Sort of the same way with Dak. After the, uh, even though he got hurt in the A and M game, there was no going back. If if he had not gotten hurt, he would have been the quarterback the rest of the way. You know, eventually there's just that point where that's it just has to be that way, and it sucks. It sucks for Tommy Stevens who could have gone somewhere else, and it and it sucks for him to get getting hurt. And you know, but it just is what it is. Life sometimes all about timing. And if Tommy's hurt and the other guy steps in and he is the spark and he gets this team rolling and there is an energy and he's moving the ball down the field and all that, I mean, like you said, does that suck for Tommy Stevens? You betcha. It does. But you got to do what's best for Mississippi State. Yeah. And, if, and if Garrett is the guy that steps in there on Saturday and if he's rolling and he gets you a win – and again, we're putting the cart way before the horse here. Mm-hmm. But if that happens, I think you stick with Garrett from that point forward. Uh, I don't but, say I can't. But all that said, if Tommy's 100% this week, you do start him, I think. Do you agree with that? If Tommy's 100% healthy, do you just bench him anyway, even if he's 100% healthy? I mean, he would have to be 100%. No question about 100%. Because, look, he has played – I think you would agree with me. I think you have agreed with me. He played well. He, he has played six healthy quarters this year. Mm-hmm. And he's looked good yeah. in those six healthy quarters. Yeah. It is, so I, I just, it's going to be such a It's tough. a struggle for me to think that if he's 100% healthy that you don't especially see if, if he's not still really good. If, especially, God, if Stevens goes out there and you lose a close game to Auburn, people are going to lose their minds. Trader would have won it for us. Can I tell you this, though? And I know that, I mean, it makes good pod. It makes for good... Sports Talk Mississippi Radio from from three to six every day on Super Talk. I I know that it, it makes good radio banter, mm-hmm. but what I think the issue is here, if Tommy Stevens is one hundred percent healthy, you now know that you have two really good quarterbacks in Mississippi State, right? And there is never a problem. You don't have a problem if you have two really good players. That's a great problem to have, right? So, I. Look, is it a QB controversy or whatever? You know, maybe maybe it is, maybe it didn't. But what you got, if Tommy's 100% healthy, is two really good quarterbacks, and I don't think you can necessarily go wrong either direction. I agree with that. 
I agree with that. I feel like you you feel confident in both guys, but we'll have to see where uh, where that takes us. And so, if and if you throw Tommy out there and you're not moving the football, guess what, Garrett. You're in. And Garrett Schrader doesn't seem to me to be the type of guy that if he got benched, would, it would affect him. Mm-mm. He would just be like, okay. Because he says. Well, he sat there at that table Tommy's after the, the game and said, oh, back. I'm just, until Tommy gets healthy, I'm the guy. Like, yeah. when he gets healthy, it's, it's his show. Right. Uh, he's already said it. And as a true freshman, you could especially understand having that attitude. Right. So uh, he's probably already got more playing time this year than he thought he was going to get. That's true. So. That's true. Um. Anything else you took away from this press conference? Uh, uh, we got some more injury updates. I mean, that's more newsy stuff. I mean, you can believe it or don't. At this point, I don't know. I appreciate that Joe addresses injury stuff. But at this point, I don't know whether or not to believe the injury stuff, if that makes sense. like Not that he's lying to us. I don't think he's necessarily... But I think he might he downplays. Some, I the think everybody's day to day. Like somebody might be out for eight weeks, and he would tell us day to day. Yeah, I think that's the case. Now yeah. I'm not saying anybody's out for eight weeks. By right. the way, before you flip out, but I mean Nick Gibson, Gidry, all those guys are supposed to be back at practice. So I would think if they were supposed to practice Tuesday today, yeah. as you listen, that they have a good chance to play this weekend. And that, those are the two most important guys to I me. Mean, not not Gidry, but uh, Gibson and Witherspoon. Both expected back to practice on Tuesday. State has to have those guys. And Gidry was expected back on Tuesday, yeah. too. I know you didn't. But you got to have those two guys. You can't go to Auburn with two running backs, one of whom has played running back 20 snaps in his career. Yeah. You can't have that. So getting those guys back will be very big for Mississippi State. We'll see if that happens. Uh, Marcus Murphy and Tyler Williams sounded a little a little iffier. A little more iffy because but it was, Murphy's a guy that might not have played this weekend anyway. That's as right. part of the suspension. Tyler Williams. I mean, at the end of the day, you've gotten you've seen enough from Jerry and Jones and Martin Emerson to, for those guys to be your third and fourth corners. You're going to be okay there. Well, Tyler Williams has played pretty well too, um, and you still have you know Dantzler and Smitherman, obviously. And really, to me, the Tommy Stevens thing, his words was he's going to be able to do some stuff in practice on Tuesday. He didn't say he's going to be all out in practice on Tuesday. And we've heard Joe say before, there comes a point in the week where you got to kind of decide on a quarterback so that he can get the reps and practice and really prepare for that game and things. If you if you had to guess today, I know we're backtracking a little bit here. Do you think Garrett's going to start on yes. Saturday? I do too. Yeah. Like if I had to but guess. But that said, the last two weeks I thought Tommy was going to start. I, I know. I, I, I don't trust even myself to guess on that. But if you made me guess If Morehead today, was trying to play mind games with us, he's, he's succeeded. Yeah, I have no idea who's going to start. And, and, and I think that that's part of it, and Gus Malzahn doesn't know who's going to start. So that's, that's, and that's the main thing, yeah. I think. Because you, do, and, and you, you do have to game plan differently for those two guys. You do. Yeah. You know, you got to work the passing defense for for Stevens. you got to work your running game and your zone read and things like that for, for, for Schrader. So. And I know some people get frustrated with that. They want to know who's starting and things. I don't blame a coach at all for being, being a gamesman and, and trying to take advantage of any little thing you can. No, I, I, I'm all for mm, it. Uh, excuse me, yawning. Uh, no, I don't have a problem with that either. No, I don't have a problem with that either. All right. Switch uh, gears almost entirely here. Let's talk about the first 2020 commitment for Mississippi State basketball. That is three-star small forward Cameron Matthews out of Olive Branch, Mississippi. Olive Branch High School, 6'6", 220 pounds. Like I said, three-star player. Not incredibly uh, 
high on the recruiting profile in terms of, you know, what he's nationally ranked. He's ranked as the 289th best player uh, in the country. But, and here's what I would consider more important, offers Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Memphis, Ole Miss. So you beat out teams that you're, you're going to play, and you beat out a, a team that's recruiting at an incredibly high level in Memphis. Now, you know, obviously you don't know how committable offers are, but I have to assume that these guys thought at some point this kid was worth, you know, looking at. And so now he's committed to Mississippi State. Uh, like I said, first commitment for the 2020 class. You know, that signing period is coming up in a couple of months, isn't it? It's in the middle of November, isn't it? Uh, the early signing period? That sounds right. Don't get me to lie. I don't want to lie on air. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to mislead anyone. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. So that, you know, looking at the roster, what, Tyson Carter and E.J. Datcher are your seniors. And then it's probably safe to assume Reggie Perry's going to be gone. And then it's probably safe to assume one more guy will leave. Somebody will transfer out. It wouldn't be surprised if it was Nick Weatherspoon not transferring out, but just moving on, ready to get past you know all of the uh, the stuff that's happened with him in his career. Or somebody like a Keyshawn, Keyshawn Fazell could just be tired of his role because I mean, he hasn't played a big role yet. So it feels like you got three more scholarships to play with here. Or isn't it 2020 where you lose one because of the... Oh, that's right. You're going to lose one. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, you only have maybe three scholarships to play with. So you've filled one. You've got two more guys to get. We'll have to see who those guys are. Just looking at the top, you know, I'm looking at the top 50 recruits here, which are your high four stars and, of course, your five stars. Mississippi State doesn't seem to be on anybody's list there, and I'm not seeing anybody looking. I'm just sort of scrolling through here. The top 100, not seeing a lot of Mississippi State interest throughout that. So, uh, you know, last year's recruiting class wasn't highly recruited either. It, it really looked more like a class that field needs. They needed guards, and they went out and got a couple of those. They needed another big man, and they went out and got one, him, you know, Quentin Post late in the year. Ben Howell, you know, after that, well, those first two recruiting classes, you know, you get Malik Newman in the first class, and, and, and Eric Holman, obviously, and Quindary Weatherspoon, who signed with Rick Ray. And then the second class is where you had like the, the big star power. But then a lot of those—I mean, Eli Wright is gone, Mario Kegler is gone, Schneider Harrard is gone, um, somebody else is gone out of there. Peters is obviously gone at this point. Since then, you know, he he did sign Nick Weatherspoon, who was a, I think it was a high four star, maybe a, a five star kid. I don't remember. But for the most part, you know, Perry Perry and, and Woodard Woodward, were, yeah. were, were were highly recruited guys. But he hasn't put together one of those big time classes like that since. But that said, wouldn't DJ? Pretty highly. I think he was a four-star regarded. kid. Yeah. The thing with four-star kids for me in basketball is there's so many of them. There's just, I mean, look, you go through the, if you look at the top 100, like this this last kid, Kadaria Richmond, he, he's rated as a 95.62. I mean, how far down do I have to get to get to a three-star? The, the number, where is he? Looks like about 130 players in. You get to, well, a little higher. 125 is a four-star, 126 is a three-star. Yeah. I mean, there's that's, that's a ton of kids for a sport that, you know, 125 players, that's 10 teams worth of players. So. Entire teams. In 10 entire like, teams, yeah. Like bench two. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, you sign two or three kids a year. That, that's enough for 40 schools to sign these guys. So, I mean, there's just so many four-star kids. For me, what I've learned is, and even with Malik Newman, you learn that it's not an exact science, but unless they are a five-star or a super high four-star, you know, one of the top 50 players in the country, to me, there doesn't seem to be a whole ton of difference 
between the top 100 and the top 300. You know, you're just sort of in, if you're in that range, you're basically they're the same player. And it just might be one guy has a little more athleticism, one guy's a little bit better shooter. Yep. But it's stuff that, you know. One guy's a little more coachable. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So that's not to say that Howland doesn't need to go out and continue to add talent to his roster. He definitely wants to do that, especially when you look ahead to next year and you're like, I mean, right now, that roster, when you look ahead to next season, to the 2020-2021 season, Woodard, that's all you got. That's all you know for sure is going to be starting. You don't know anybody else because I, I don't think Weatherspoon for sure is going to be here. I know Carter will be a senior. Adu, Adu would be a junior, but he might move on. You got to think. I don't know. He might stay. I don't know. And, but then, but Perry, I think Perry is definitely gone. Yeah. So I mean, you just don't you don't have a lot. You know, you're you're putting a lot of guys. DJ Stewart, Iverson Molinar, uh, Devin Butts, and uh, Elias King, the guys you have this year. You know, you're going to put a lot of. Uh, they need to get minutes this year because next year is going to be their time. So. But that said, you need to uh, you got to got to find two more guys, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's so weird with basketball recruiting, and maybe part of this is because of the way twenty four seven is set up with the football, basketball, baseball. I just don't ever look at the basketball board unless it's, there's a game going on. Very rarely do I look over there. So there, there might be a bunch of names that I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I should. Well, I, it probably I doesn't help any that even though I mean I know state is now a tournament team as of last year, but. There just hadn't been any excitement for men's basketball. You know, why, why would you, you know, pay a ton of attention to it? <laughs> I ain't trying to hate, but it's just a fact of the matter. I don't know that a lot of folks right now pay attention when the season's going on, according to the attendance, when you look around the hump during men's basketball season. So I don't know how many folks are looking at men's basketball recruiting either. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those deals where maybe for, for, for state's sake, some of these guys come in and hit, and maybe this year it's a tournament team again, and you just keep building the excitement back to what it used to be. Yeah, I agree. We'll see where it goes. Anyway, Cameron Matthews, that's the first uh, signee for MSU basketball for 2020. All right, picks time. Not a, Obviously not a lot of picks because, uh, you know, they're getting to the bye week portions of the schedule. Still two games up on Joel. We'll see mm. how that takes us. We don't have a, you know, I don't know that we, there's only really one game that we could possibly disagree on this week. So let's talk about the rest of them, though. Uh, at Jerry World, Texas A&M versus Arkansas. i got to feel like the Aggies are going to take a little uh, frustration out on the Hogs this week. You know, that game at Jerry World has traditionally been a close game, it seems like, year after year they, after they, year. But not this year. It ain't going to happen this year. We, we, you know, we were talking about this at the press conference. Every year they have the, uh, could the best college team beat the worst pro team? And it, it's, it's, it's not, that could never happen under any circumstances. Mm-mm. But I came up with, could a high school all-star team beat Arkansas? If I took the Under Armour All-American squad and pl- gave them a month to practice together, could they beat Arkansas? I don't know that they couldn't. I know they would be far more talented. <laughs> I think they could do it. Well, I, I don't think that they could. But Because we're talking I, about a high school team. Be, it wouldn't so, be surprising so, so it's not to me like, if they had a good showing. Like, but. if you play, pick a great high school team, right, they might be undersized well, on defense I mean, and all that. Arkansas. But if you're talking about the, the Under Armour team, you got 300 pounds across the board on the O-line and on the D-line. Arkansas has beaten a college football team this year. They've beaten an FCS team and a group of five team. Yeah, I'll give you that. So that leads me to believe but that even the, playing the tw- very the good Under high Armour, school. The Under Armour team would be more talented than both of those teams. Basically, what I'm saying is, if I took a team that was all true freshmen, could I beat Arkansas? 
if they were all four and five star kids. Yeah, I think I could. I would take Arkansas, but I I wouldn't feel great. It'd be a lot closer than anything with this pro versus Clemson thing. A lot closer. I wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas lost that game. Northern Illinois. I don't know anything about the Huskies. Let me see if I can find something out about them. They take they go to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. What what do you got for me for Northern Illinois? Let's see here. On the season, they are one and two. They beat Illinois State. They lost by eighteen to Utah, and they got run off the field by Nebraska. However, they are coming off a bye week. Going to go with uh, Derek Mason in the Commodores. Just real quick. Yeah. Everybody's pointing at that LSU game, 66-38, and they're like, wow, LSU was just offensively really good. Why is nobody pointing at LSU giving up 38 points to yeah. Vanderbilt? Yeah. That's something to consider. Poor poor LSU. What a tough, tough life they live. They finally get the offense. Oh, the defense crapped out. I don't think it's that big a deal. Although – I, their, their tears today on Twitter when they found out they had to play an 11 a.m. game were delicious. They tasted like gumbo. Everybody, oh, we got to shut up. No one in Starkville gives nobody a crap in, in America. About- <laughs> We've all had to do it. Just suck it up and do it for once in your life. You'll be at, all right. At least their 11 o'clock game will not be 99 degrees with a heat index of like 115. It might be. You don't know that. The game of the week in the SEC. I don't know that an SEC school has ever scored 60 points three straight years on the same opponent. We'll find out on uh, Saturday when Ole Miss travels to Tuscaloosa. Matt Corral says he's not afraid of Alabama, which tells me something about his character, that he's very dumb. He should be terrified of Alabama. And uh, Nick Saban, I think he took those two losses personally. Because look at the, the games the last two years. They put 60 on the board both times. Yeah. Of course, part of that's because Ole Miss has been god awful. They ain't good this year. I know. So, uh, I think we'll go with the Crimson Tide. I'm thinking about rolling with Saban in this one. That's probably a safe call. Uh, Florida takes on Towson. Do you know Towson's mascot? Go. Uh, the Trojans. I don't know. The Tigers. You, 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 had the, the you had the right idea with the alliteration there. The Towson Tigers. <laughs> we'll take the Gators there. And then the only possible game we could disagree on, on SEC Network, 730 kickoff, Kentucky is at South Carolina. <sighs> I'm going Kentucky, but I don't feel I don't feel confident with it. Well, I could put you away right here. I'm going to go with Kentucky, though, because I just – I think South Carolina's terrible. I said last week on the – you know, I, I've been wrong about some stuff this year. Wrong about Joe Burrow. Wrong about Auburn, it looks like. We'll see how that turns out. But one thing I was right about is South Carolina is awful. They're just not good. And I like Kalinske, good good quarterback, obviously a very good story. Um, but they're just not any good. And Will Muschamp is their head coach. Yeah. And I don't have any I wouldn't have any faith in that guy to change a tire. <laughs> so yeah, we'll go with uh we'll go with the uh, the mighty uh, Wildcats to get the win there. I just oof, what a terrible game. Yeah, I feel bad I, for the people who have to go watch that. That'll yeah, probably end I, up being like 44-41. There's no way in the world I can go with Carolina because I'm, I'm with you. I just, Even though it's at Carolina, awful. neither one of us. We both think Kentucky's going to go on the road. and what? Correct me if I'm wrong. Now nah, i got to look it up. One of these teams has a winning streak against the other one. Let me see if I can figure out which one it is here. Auburn. Let's, see, let's do it like this. Tennessee. Playing a little six degrees of separation here. There we go. Surely it's Kentucky. It's got to be, right? No, it's not. Is it not? No, it is. It is. Kentucky has beaten them one, two, three, four. 
Surely it's not five. Five. Five years in a row. So Kentucky has won five years in a row. Well, we're going to make it six. Take Kentucky to win. So no chance for uh, for any gains gained games gained this week for me. All right, for you. That's okay. I can live with that. We can do that all the I'm, way through. I'm maintaining the pace. There's still a <laughs> lot, 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 lot of time to play with here. If you'll remember, the Atlanta Braves were about four games behind the Phillies in in May, and mm-hmm. and uh, now look at well, the we're Atlanta sort of, we're so, a third uh, of the just, season. We're in the June of of what would be baseball. Okay. It's okay. All right, we'll see where it takes us. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings. Make sure you get your questions into us early and often. We'll have as many answers as we possibly can, and then we'll uh, we'll continue to talk about Mississippi State versus Auburn uh, as the week goes on and get you closer and closer to Friday and the three Ps and game weekend. Have a great Tuesday. Until Wednesday, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.